This is Stephen Strang, and thank you for listening to my podcast. One of Donald Trump's greatest accomplishments in his first two and a half years in office has been turning on the U.S. economic machine. The growing economy is clearly an area of strength for Trump as he faces re-election. His America First economic policies that are helping to revive flagging industries, increase wages, and bring back a stock market boom will go a long way in attracting working-class voters from the Midwest who have a history of supporting Democrats as they claim to be pro-labor. In the book, though, I have an entire chapter on how it's important for Donald Trump to win, and then another chapter on why he might lose. And I cite eight different things, and one of them is a possible economic collapse. Now, the economy has been so strong that it's almost impossible to see how it could collapse. But we're seeing something right before our eyes in the media. It's as if the media and the Democrats are doing everything they can. You know, they threw the Mueller investigation, the impeachment. They've thrown everything they can think of. And even a couple of months ago, they were saying that Donald Trump was starting World War III with Iran when he took some decisive action over there. Of course, nothing has happened. But that is actually one of the reasons I say he could lose, as if there was more war in the Middle East. Of course, that died down. And the next thing to come along, just really a few days later, was that in communist China, they discovered a new virus that they called the coronavirus. And now the scientists have renamed it COVID-19, which is short for coronavirus. And it was found in 2019. I've heard it said, and I've not had a chance to research the details or to fact check it myself, but that it was discovered in about November. The communist government played it down. Then a whistleblower doctor, who I was told was a Christian, and who later died of the virus himself, kind of blew the whistle. The government actually arrested him and several other scientists and forced them to sign confessions that they sent out as propaganda. But then when it couldn't be contained anymore, the week after Christmas, the rest of the world found out about coronavirus. And I've had several podcasts on coronavirus. You can check them out on the Charisma Podcast Network. The biggest one was with Dennis Balcom, who is talking to us about what Christians were doing, how they were handing out face masks, how they were giving out alcohol, how some churches closed, but others opened, and they were just very careful with face masks and with checking everyone for temperature before they came into the service, and that actually they were seeing people come to Christ and also were reporting some healings. Now, it's hard to verify those healings. You know, this is a type of flu, and from what we can tell, 97 or 98 percent of the people do recover, so it'd be a little bit like someone with really bad flu going down to the altar at prayer time and being anointed with oil and hands laid on them and recovering. You know, we believe that prayer does heal people. I'm just saying that as a Christian journalist. I believe that that could be true, but we don't have real documentation. However, that was a very important podcast. But now we've had a few cases in the United States, and it's like people are panicking. The stock market has just crashed. I did a podcast on that just a couple of days ago. All kinds of things are being canceled. Now, I can see on the international stage where people are flying in from Southeast Asia or wherever, 
that they don't want people like that flying in on the chance until we can find out a little bit more about this, until a vaccine can be developed. You know, there is a huge unknown element, and we do have to be careful, but we don't need to panic. You know, the number changes every day, but I think we've had fewer than 25 people die in the United States of this virus. And, you know, that is tragic. Most of them were in senior citizen, kind of an assisted living center, the kind that my mother lives in here in Florida. The worst one, in fact, was up in Washington State. But, you know, I can appreciate that if a virus spread around in that setting, these people are very old, they're very feeble. My mother's very feeble, and I don't know that she could really fight off that virus. So we have to keep this in perspective because depending on the year, because the flu is more severe in some years than others, 25,000 to 60,000 Americans die every year. And it's tragic, but it's barely in the news. You know, somewhere along the line, there would be a report, but it's not in the news all the time. And they're not using it politically. People are almost making it sound that Donald Trump did this. And now the communist country where this happened, and there has been some accusations, and there seems to be some proof that it started at a lab that was developed to somehow come against strange viruses after SARS happened. I reported this in my podcast earlier. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas has made a number of statements about his theory about this. There is reason to believe that this happened, that it didn't really happen with bats in a meat market. Now, of course, only time will tell. But I heard on Fox News yesterday, and again, I've not had a chance to fact check this, that the communists are now saying that the U.S. brought the virus with some athletes who came over to compete in something. I mean, it's just wild how this happens, but we know that the communists lie again and again. And, you know, they would be glad to point this toward Donald Trump and the Americans. And with the way the stock market is tanking, which I believe will bounce back up immediately, you know, after this thing calms down. And you'll also want to check out my podcast in the last day or two about Sean Boltz, the prophetic leader who has a pretty good track record of hearing from God. He was predicting four years ago that Kanye West would have a radical conversion, which he has had since then. And Sean, you can listen to the podcast, but Sean shares that he believes the Lord has showed him that this will be fairly short-lived. Okay, this thing is very complicated. We have to take into account all these different things. There's You know, I'm getting lots of information. I'm trying to check it out before I do a podcast on it. I've, in fact, invited Sean Boltz to do a podcast with me to discuss this in more depth than I discussed on this last podcast. Fox News had actually picked that up, and that's where I got my information from. Of course, Sean has a very popular podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. But my point is that if the stock market continues to go down, and if the media stirs up a hysteria, we could have some kind of economic downturn. And, you know, this is a way, I believe, that they'll jump on anything to make it look bad for Donald Trump. And I cited in my book, which actually went to press before Thanksgiving, that an economic collapse could be one reason that he might lose. And in my book, I noted that the nation's economic condition is significantly significant for incumbent presidents. Only two presidential incumbents in the last 50 years have failed to cinch a second term. They were Jimmy Carter in 1980 and George H.W. Bush in 1992. Since history shows that incumbents do well, even when their first elections and terms were contentious, 
Many believe that these two exceptions were caused by the tough economic times the country was facing during their campaigns. You know, I could add Gerald Ford, but he was never really elected and only became president when Richard Nixon resigned. Even though he was not an incumbent, he did not win his bid for re-election in 1976, due in large part to the tough economy. Now, Trump's current campaign dependency on his economic success and the rise of the stock market is a perfect setup for central bankers and international financiers to stage an economic collapse just before the election in 2020. A similar economic downturn in September and October of 2008 propelled Barack Obama to victory in his first presidential run. And here's a quote from my book. Considering the immense debt of the U.S. Treasury and the tenuous condition of the American dollar, presently held as a world reserve currency, it may not take much for our global financial masters to contrive an orchestrated economic collapse and turn Trump into a one-term president. That's a quote from my friend Tom Ertl, who I quoted extensively in the book. He continued, Bad economics news always hurts the party in the White House. The hope here is that if this is attempted by global financiers, Trump would move against the private Federal Reserve and nationalize it. End quote. Now, what I just shared was in my book, written before Thanksgiving, The book was actually off press before we became aware of what we now call the coronavirus. Someone said that it ought to be called communist Chinese coronavirus, and I'm going to start doing that because I think it's accurate. But it just plays into the fact that in spite of the very strong economy, there are things that could happen that would trigger some kind of economic collapse or at least a very steep downturn, and that that could affect the election. We as Christians need to be wise. We need to understand what's going on. We also need to see that these ups and downs in the economy, which happen pretty significantly over long periods of time, that it's always temporary and that it's certainly not a reason to turn Donald Trump out of office. However, in our election process, the public is fickle and sometimes there'll be a knee-jerk reaction. It now looks like former Vice President Biden has it cinched. It's just amazing that he did it this quickly when he did so very poorly in the first couple of primaries and caucuses, and then just all of a sudden he becomes a front runner. And, you know, I did a podcast on how amazing it is to me that the power structure in the Democratic Party is able to force these candidates to drop out which meant that their votes typically went to Joe Biden, and now he's ahead of Bernie Sanders. Now, of all the, what was it, 20 people who cast their hat into the ring, including Tom Stiers and Elizabeth Warren, who are also radical, radical leftists. Actually, they all are leftists. It's just a matter of degree. Of all of them, Bernie Sanders is my least favorite, and I believe the most dangerous. But Also, it seems that the powers that be are turning things against him, and it's not really a fair election. You know, to his credit, he's at least trying to get elected. He's not trying to take power with guns like communists have for decades and and now more than a century. You know, nobody charges Bernie Sanders with that, but it's pretty clear that he's the closest thing there is to a communist in our country. At least that's my opinion. He calls himself a social democrat. Someone said that a socialist is a communist without a gun, and I believe there's some truth to that. 
Anyway, I'm just saying that it's serious and that these latest events with the coronavirus, even though I did not talk about it in the book, kind of backs up what I said that in spite of the strong economy, I mean, I can't remember when the economy was this strong. There are probably a few times it was pretty close. We've had times of prosperity in our country, particularly after a significant tax cut, which is what, of course, Donald Trump did. But something could happen. We need to pray. We need to work. The whole point of my book is that his reelection is not a certainty, and we can't let circumstances cause his defeat. So with that, I'll wrap up this edition of my podcast. I'll encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, God Trump in the 2020 Election. I'll encourage you to leave a good review on any of the websites, Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, or even ChristianBooks.com, which is a Christian-based company. And I know a lot of people don't like to support Amazon. It's President Jeff Bezos is not a nice person who is doing a lot of things. And, you know, maybe you feel like that and it's easy to buy it from Amazon or you can go into Walmart. A lot of people like to shop there, but also Sam's, BJ's and Costco all have it. And, you know, let's also support the Christian bookstore. If there's uh, one near you and you're used to shopping there, most Christian bookstores have my book. And, of course, if you want an autographed copy, as I've said before, you can buy it on our own website, which is called GodTrump2020.com. That's GodTrump2020.com. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Share it with others. Uh, there's a lot of interest in this election. My po- I was looking at the numbers today. The, the podcasts I do on the election and on Donald Trump are always the highest, and I believe it's touching a nerve. So until tomorrow... This is Stephen Strang. Thank you for listening to my podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.